to livealittlehigher.com. We continue learning the book Hovos Halevavot by Rabbi Bahia Ibn Pakuda. We're in the Gate of Self-Accounting, Chapter 3 of the second book. And today, Rabbi Pakuda, Ibn Pakuda, tells us one should make an accounting with himself of how the Creator spares him from the mishaps and troubles of this world. You know, people are always asking themselves, why me? Why did this have to happen to me? Why do I have to go through this, right? This is our, our normal outlook on life. But people don't ever ask themselves, why did God give me a job? Or why did God give me this wife? Or why did God give me this beautiful home? Or, or why did God give me good health today? Or, and I woke up and I can walk and I can, and I can talk and I can eat. You know, people ask always the bad, the bad, the bad. Why me? Why me? Why me? But we never ask the good. So Rabbi Bahia is telling us here that... Um, that the, the various ailments to which human beings are subjected and from other ordeals and crises, such as imprisonment, hunger, thirst, cold, heat, poisoning. No, today you open the news, there's monkeypox, COVID, tomato pox, eh, eh, polio, you know, all these things that are going on in the world. Crazy, you read every day someone was bitten by a shark or a crocodile or there was a fire somewhere or, or, or flooding somewhere else. And, and, and people, we go through these things while being aware that he deserves these and is liable to them because of past transgressions and sins before God. So all these things that happen really come from us. It's not something that God is looking at people and he's deciding, oh, let's make this person fall, let's make this person uh, get burned, let's make these people... No, this is not the God uh, that, I, that I personally love and know. Hashem, really, whenever a person has to go through a, a nisayon, a, a challenge, a, a test, really is from his kindness, from his loving ways as a father that wants the best for his child. He's educating us. So he has to show us where we're at fault so we can really correct our ways. So what we see, what the Rabbi Bahia is telling us here is that, that, uh, that while being aware that he deserves this and is liable to them because of past transgressions and sins before God, because of the severity of his transgression in rebelling against his God for making light of his words, for neglecting to thank and praise him, for leaving his service and for falling to repent and confess before God, having prolonged his disobedience despite God's constant favors to him and ongoing kindness towards him. So if you look at your relationship with Hashem and you put it in a balance of all you do for him versus all he does for you, we would be very ashamed because Hashem, he, 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 he spares us from all these horrible things from the world because in reality, you know, he sends them to correct people, but he's very slow to anger. He really is very merciful and he's slow to anger. And once a person has to experience a certain situation, like the ones I just said, it's really because 
he waited and waited and waited and he came to a point where he has to really shake us up. So when the intelligent individual considers this and thinks of the afflictions with which God tries human beings in this world, as we have described, and how God spares him from them, and he escapes all of them, though he deserves them, he will then be full of praise for God's goodness and towards him, and he will hasten to repent and ask forgiveness for past transgressions and sins. So we're right now in a month of, of, of teshuva, of returning to our essence, to going back to God. Really, this is something that is worth thinking about, of how Hashem really is so kind to us that He keeps us in this world. He's, he's merciful, He's forgiving. He, people trample on Him and He forgives them immediately. Like if you do something against Hashem and right now you, you, you ask forgiveness from your heart and it comes in a sincere way, in a second Hashem is forgiving you. He doesn't take one second to forgive you. So he will hasten to attach himself to God's service for fear of these afflictions so as to avoid them as it says. If you listen carefully to Hashem your God, then I will not bring upon you all the sickness which I brought upon Egypt. This is in Shemot. It's a promise from God. Like if we, we would be people that keep the Torah, keep the mitzvot, that we do what we're meant to be doing because this is the purpose for our existence. This is why we're here. Hashem would spare us from all these horrible things that happen in the world. God will remove from you all sickness. He will not bring upon you any of the dreadful diseases of Egypt, which you know of. And this is in Devarim. And so one of our early pious ones said to his disciples, you see, it is not the serpent that kills, but the sin that kills. And in, in, in King David, peace be upon him, said, on lion and cobra you will tread, you will trample young lion and serpent, because he cleaves to me, I will deliver them. And I will be for him a fortress, for he knows my name. And this is in Tehillim. And then he comes to, to talk to us about money. And he says, if one has money, he should make an accounting with himself as to how he acquired it. This is a month in which we should increase our tzedakah, our charity. If last month you gave 100, this month give 200. You can never go wrong with it. And so we have to make an accounting with, with what we get from God. And, uh, and the Torah dictates that a person should give from 10 to 20% every time he earns money. He, this is an obligation of a Jew. We have to give. We cannot keep it to ourselves. And so he says that we have to make an accounting of how we spend our money and whether he draws on it to meet his obligations to the Creator and his responsibilities to other people. So there's laws in the Torah, in the Laha, how we have to spend our money, uh, how we spend our charity. First, you have to give to your home, to your family. Then you have to give to your community, uh, the place where you live. Then you have to give uh, to Eretz Israel. Uh, but it starts in your family. So you have to make an accounting of how you're spending the, the, the tzedakah that you're giving and also how you spend the money on yourself. Like, are you really a person that's spending money in, in worth, worthy things like education of your children, 
giving them food, all their needs, uh, giving them a home. This is, this is important. So he should not regard it as a reserved for himself alone, but should recognize that it is in his possession as a trust. It's a trust that Hashem gave him for him to be able to manage. And it will remain with him as long as the Creator wishes. If God sees that you're a good, um, a good um, a person to trust uh, with his money, he will keep giving you more. And then at the time that he desires, he will cons consign it to another person. So if he sees that you're not doing what he, you should be doing with it, then he's gonna give it to someone else. So when a person who has money takes this to heart, he will not live in fear of losing his fortune. If the money remains with him, he will be grateful to the Creator and praise him. If he loses it, he will bear his judgment patiently and accept his decree. So in the parasha, I think it was like three parashas ago, it was talking about the mana, and the mana actually is a test on wealth. So mana, which was that miraculous food that people used to eat in the desert for 40 years, for the rich, the, the, the test of wealth is, is for them to be humble. Money can make, make you very arrogant. It's, it's, it's has a, brings with it a very big Yetzer Hara, can make you a very arrogant human being. And the test of a rich person is to work in his humility and to understand what that money is for, why he has it, for what he has uh, that money, what's the purpose of it. And for a poor person, the test is to accept the suffering with love, to accept that Hashem has him in that position because there's something in him that he has to perfect, that he has to correct, and he's grateful for it. So it will be easy for him to make use of it and spend it in the service of God. May he be exalted to do good with it and to return what is not his or what was gained dishonestly. He will envy no man his money, nor treat a poor man with disdain on account of his poverty. You know, that's very important because when a person understands money, he understands that he didn't make the money. He didn't make that wealth. Yeah, he works hard. He's intelligent. He's productive. He's an entrepreneur. Whatever you want. But at the end of the day, the person that has money has money because God gave him the money. It's braha. And the person that doesn't have money is because Hashem didn't give him the money. So when you see it in this way, you don't feel you don't feel disdain towards a poor, poor person. You don't feel like, oh, what a low life. He has done nothing out of his life. He, he can't even make a penny, you know? No, this person is in this position. Hashem put him there for a reason. And when you give to him, God is giving you the opportunity to, to take goodness from that other person. That person is there just to make you a good person. That's his job. And so his wealth would be one of the strongest factors in his attaining good qualities and avoiding negative ones. As it says, honor God with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your products. This is in Mishlei. And he who is kind to the poor in effect lends to God and he will pay him just his just reward. So I wish you a blessed week. Remember to live a little higher. Use your resources for the good. 
Use them to serve Hashem. And in that way, you will be immensely blessed. Thank you.